Aware Now, the official podcast for causes. Presented by Awareness Ties, Aware Now is rated O for original and organic content to raise awareness for the causes we're all tied to through personal stories and exclusive interviews. Tune in as we raise awareness a story at a time about topics that aren't always easy to talk about through conversations that are sometimes hard to have. Together, we are aware now. This is The Venice Vision, an exclusive interview with Jamie Vision Burtis by Eddie Donaldson from The Writing on the Wall, his exclusive column in Aware Now magazine. This is found in the Vision edition. So, what's up, Jamie? How are you? Good, good, man. Glad to be here. Uh, if you don't know, this is Eddie Donaldson, a.k.a. Gorilla One, from the seventh letter. And I'm here today with a legend in the graffiti world, Lily. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a legend in the graffiti world, uh, Vision, from West Coast, right? That's right. Big bad West Coast artist. WCA. Um, and I appreciate you coming and taking the time out of your busy day to sit with us, with me and Bleak today. Good. Yeah. Glad to be here. So... I guess today we're talking about the writing on the wall, you know, which is a big, big thing for both of us and has been for the majority of our adult life and child life, right? Yeah. How long have you been writing graffiti? So I started probably scratching and scrawling and imitating uh, probably around 86. Yeah. That's a lot longer than me. Yeah. So that's awesome. That was the beginning of you know, just sort of imitating what I saw with the New York influence because of the early days in Venice, um, we were great dancing. And that's what came first for us. And it eventually kind of moved into painting and graffiti. Yeah. So you were a b-boy? Oh, yeah. I tried to break dance. But, I mean, I looked black, but I got no soul. <laughs> so that lasted a very short time. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. So... So Venice was your was your hood, and that was a big influence in the, in your decision to write graffiti. Was it were you drawn to the gang graffiti, or was it like what was it about graffiti that drew you in? So I think it was a little bit of both. Like um, you know, living in Venice, you know, it was like uh, growing up at Land's End in the surf neighborhood, uh, territorial. So there was always writing on the wall, you know. Um, you know, growing up in a surf spot that was localized, there was always messages written everywhere. Yeah. Warnings placed. Yeah, no directions doubt. on how to behave. <laughs> so, you know, in elementary school, you you know, I was imitating that. Yeah. So, and then eventually, I'd find my spot down at the beach, maybe with a pen. Eventually, it led to a spray can. Just imitating what these guys were doing. And, you know, basically we were the next generation coming up. But, uh, so yeah, I was influenced, not so much gang, but territorial yeah. sort of surf culture. Understood, locals only. Yeah, that's if right. If you don't live here, don't surf here. That's right. And so, some of those images that Bagel had were pretty, you know, profound. Yeah. Even writing on the wall. Yeah. Um, I heard that you're a, you're a runner. A runner. Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that my love for for just 
doing endurance stuff and, and, and the mountains has morphed into uh, doing a lot of journeys, long journeys in the mountains. So like, you know, anywhere from 20 to 75 mile runs. Jesus. So. Uh, Would you say that's kind of a form of meditation for you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like a, it's like a, a reset, you know, when life gets just, and then you just head up into the mountains neutralize yeah come back drain ready to kind of start fresh rebuild yeah. you know so it's a constant process um and yeah it's just it's just a way of life for me running in the mountains so that's interesting i just did an issue on another magazine it's all about loving and appreciating mother earth and i recently like off topic but i recently had an experience where i talked to a tree <laughs> Good, no, I'm dead serious, bro. No. I'm dead serious. The guy from, you know, the guy, uh, John from v, v, uh, Venice Basketball League, those dudes, the, the twins, the uh, brothers. I don't. So I'll tell you the experience, just you know, maybe this will help. You could take some context. So I went and I was supposed to speak on a panel at this festival about art and mental health. And I go there and they have this whole ceremony with this Colombian dude from the Kogi tribe. And, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual myself, like I meditate, I do yoga, like I, you know, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that there's a higher power greater than myself. Okay. And I've come to terms with that in a couple of different ways through the program, but also just in general life. Um, and we did the ceremony and we were supposed to, well, we did um, thank the guardian of the territory for allowing us to come there and do our work. Mm -hmm. And I went and I shook a tree's root. Okay. And it was... You know, I didn't see colors and I wasn't downloading immediate messages, but I definitely felt this really crazy energy and this, this like exchange take place. Right. And I come out and the dude from Venice Basketball League is there. And he's like dunking on people on the court down there and he's talking all this shit. Like he's, you know, he's like, he is Venice Basketball League. He started it. Yeah. And I'm like, what's up, G? And he's like, no, nah, I'm bringing in. He shook my arm. Huh. Like, you know, Solid. like this. Like a tree root. And I was like, but that's how I shook the tree root. And it was just immediately, I was like, it, it just, I don't know, it just brought my relationship with nature to a whole another level. Good. So, I mean, very similar, you know, I relate to that. So, you know, um, going up into the mountains, there's always a process. So, uh, it's really about the whole thing of going up the mountain and then coming down. Yeah. So, two different experiences, um, done all with mindfulness. But usually when I start in the mountains, I reach down on the ground and I grab a handful of dirt and rock and I run with it for a little while, you know, and just get grounded, just connect. And then the process usually is, you know, never with music. I never tune out. I listen to everything, see the signs, the birds flying. They're always communicating. They see me coming, they're warning others, you know, letting yeah. all the mountain creatures know you see fresh bear poop whatever it is you're constantly reading the signs so you're connecting yeah. you know and picking plants smelling them as you run so it's a complete connection that's amazing i had no idea so you're doing this in the back of la in the angeles crest while you're staring at downtown and the ocean if it's clear so you're just making a connection with you know stepping out of where we live in this busy life and making that connection on a daily basis. I, I need to go up there, man. I don't run, but I need to get up there and do that. Walk. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. We can go one mile or two. Yeah. Or 10. That's an amazing juxtaposition. Yeah. 
to be standing up there and all that nature and being aware of all those elements at once and like That's sensory, right. yeah. you know, like getting all your senses open to where you are and out of your normal environment, but still being able to see it. That's hey, what—that's lucky for us here in California. Though. Yeah, it's a blessing in LA. It's—it's it's one of the gems of the city that not many people know about. But uh, so yeah, the '80s. Uh, so I mean, that's you know, that's a big question. It is. <laughs> it's a big place. Yeah. So it had many many levels of experience um, and influence and and. Uh, I mean that that were cemented into my future, you know. And, and um, I mean, it was crazy, like complete nuts to just total zen. Like you know, like we knew we had something really good. Um, the convenience of and the the sort of special place that because it was sort of surrounded all by walls. Yeah. And then there was outer walls. Yeah. So it's all dependent on how you wanted to express yourself. So we had the ability to surf and hang out during the day and enjoy what we did at night and then also just be down there all night long and paint, you know. And it was another territorial thing too, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. Until it became popular. So who who were some of the people you painted with back in the eighties in the pavilion? Uh well Started with the neighborhood kids. We had a little crew called uh, TNG, which was the new generation. Let's go. So we were just letting everybody know that we were coming up, and you know, um, we looked up to a lot of crews. Um, so I painted with Tame, Severe, uh, Den, who you know you may know from Fucked, uh, Vane, painted with. Uh, all kinds of kids but eventually you know people started coming to Venice and the uh, cast of painters got bigger yeah so yeah yeah explain to to the audience who came and my is. yeah I could <laughs> <laughs> so these were you know these were guys that I grew up with um, and it started, you know, as something just fun, just, I mean, young kids sitting drawing, influenced yeah. by, you know, New York. And uh, and then we just started getting more adventurous. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, you know, how to... Well, just talk about, like, how their careers expanded, like, Mike, yeah. Mike and Nick. I mean, I can. That's hard for me, dude. Yeah, one of the people's okay. trips. But I mean, Mike. You know, Mike. Eventually, um, I used to paint with Mike. I actually brought some photos I can show you guys. But uh, you know, he was a young kid that looked up to me. I had a bunch of young kids that would kind of like gather around, and you know, um, I don't think my influence was too much on my ability to paint. You know, I was probably just an average writer. But uh, I think my energy and enthusiasm and uh, sort of command of controlling the environment, these guys all, all hung out with me. And uh, Mike eventually, you know, branched off into doing music and, you know, has a big music career now. And uh, I mean, same thing with my buddy Tate and Nick. Um, 
you know, he was doing graffiti and, and his dad was a photographer, so he was always creative and he eventually moved into, you know, the production world and working in the industry. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of what we do in LA, you know, so. What about Bagel? I mean, Bagel, you know, Bagel's always been creative and strong-minded and strong-willed. And he is, he, he did what he wanted always, you know? And we were roommates as young kids and we, we were always like this, but we were best of friends. So, I mean, still are, we are best of friends. It's never, it's never <clears throat> changed. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you and Bagel are up to now with the Scholar stuff that you do? Yeah, so back in the day, you know, uh, he could never he couldn't stand us doing graffiti like just you he would just ride us this bullshit that you guys are doing riding everywhere and you know like what would he call it i don't know what he thought i can't remember i can't quote him but the colorful kind of graffiti shit versus just riding venice breakwater on the wall you know yeah and because I'd have on any given Friday night, there'd be a half dozen people in the house drinking and, and drawing in black books. And, you know, I mean, you could follow the spray paint path to our house just about if you were smart enough. Yeah, that's um, right. It follow used, the writing on the wall. It just used to bother the shit out of him. But um, he always took pictures. So, um, and it's really fortunate because he captured, he captured that time in our lives just in a real tasteful way, not overproduced, um, just in a real classical, just pure way. So um, now as grownups, we've sort of tapped back into the past and he dove back into his photos from when we were younger. And to see these things come to life and you know being printed, which is important. Um, I mean, we've both just been really moved by it. Um, and has led to us actually kind of just working together to express another level of the photos and maybe another level of uh, what I used to do as far yeah, as graffiti. Times, times. Yeah. So we've come together and just mesh these two uh, experiences. And uh, yeah, we've been able to do a handful of pieces and, and be in a couple shows together. And we're just, we're riding it along. Yeah, we have a couple of things coming up with you guys. On, I mean, this is not for the mag, but yeah. for the video, we're gonna have like they're gonna be in the Love Malibu style show and also the Love Los Angeles style show, um, because they're relevant to both. Because um, they, they have some great shots of Malibu fires. I don't know how they're gonna collaborate on them, but we're gonna put them in both shows. Oh. Well, we already did that one. Um, Spanto told me to ask you a question. <laughs> yeah. He said, what happened in your life to make you switch it up and calm down? Mm. And I don't know if that's a touchy subject or not, but I said, what should I ask Jamie? And he said, for, for a while, he, he was just out there fucking going bananas, and then all of a sudden, yeah. what made No, that's a good question, and I think it's important to talk about. Because, uh, you know, even thinking about coming over here and having a conversation, um, you know, we like to paint ourselves as like, oh, this is how it went and it was pure all the way. And I've never left that, you know, like I've been bombing and doing graffiti, but no, at a certain point I had to step back. Um, and it was 
I think because everything moved so fast at such a young age, and I was fortunate enough to be like, you know, I can't do this. It was either gonna run me into the ground or I was gonna, you know, wind up in prison, you know, 21 years old. So um, I just reached out. I reached out to friends who had once planted a little seed, you know, that I knew, okay, that person, they're available, they might be able to help. Um, you know, living on friends' couches at 21, just like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. You know, where is this all going? And it was just, it was about drinking, doing graffiti, fighting. Oh, that's pretty much it. It was just a vicious cycle. cycle. So I myself sort of intervened in my own life. Um, and fortunately, there were people there to kind of. So you got sober? I got sober. That was the initial. Good for you. Yeah, that was the initial step into opening that door of, of other opportunities in life. So that led to many years of being sober and, and walking that path and helping people and, and uh, growing as a young man, finding a career, uh, started doing woodworking. I never had a boss and uh, I've been doing it ever since. Um, but that path had led to, you know, opening other doors and I've had the opportunity to travel the world and, you know, do retreat, meditation retreats yeah. um, in different parts of the world. Many of them in uh, Northern California on a regular basis, twice a year. So, uh, yeah, that, the initial shift was, I think, just to answer the question more directly, was just hit a real bottom in life and, uh, and knew that there was something else. So, I didn't know that. I mean, I think I remember that you were sober, but I didn't remember. Yeah. I mean, I think as an adult, it's a little harder for yeah. some people. Well, for me, what made me switch was when Pierce killed himself. Yeah. Yeah, it really changed everything for me because he was like my big brother. Okay. Like, the protector and the provider of what this thing that we called our little crew in our life. And it's like when he was gone, like the crew just assembled mm -hmm. and everybody realized it was time to grow up. That's right. In case you were like, we can't keep doing this. Yeah. Like, fun, racking, and fucking doing nitrous and like, you know, having all these good times associated with our lifestyle. But we were like, that's where it could end up for us with none in our fucking health. Yeah. And I was, you know, and I didn't grow up immediately. There was a few other steps that happened, but that was kind of my turning point where I was like, I need to kind of figure it out. Yeah. You know, and then we got serious about the self pleasure and we got serious about trying to figure out how to help other people figure it out. Yeah. Through other opportunities and, other, you know, like building another direction for this thing versus just that need to be fucking up or out. <laughs> yeah. So, it, I mean, it was a big shift for me too because I had to, I kind of had to leave that world that I knew. Those patterns of, you know, what I thought um, being a graffiti artist was, you know, holding a strong presence in the community. I had to like deflate my ego completely and be humble with like, yeah, I'm just taking care of my life. Yeah, I'm just, I'm human. Yeah. I mean, I don't know for you, but for me, like, you know, I was invincible. You know, no one could tell me anything. Of I was, I was <laughs> a big bad motherfucker, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> you know? All of a sudden, I was, I was human. The know? gift is, though, to know that it's okay. That yeah. you don't have to be that way, you know? I mean, at least for me. Yeah. You know, 
to be humble. You know, I hear people, I sat down at a table recently with a group of people and they brought up the past and they started telling stories with people that know me just as an adult, yeah. maybe within the last five years. Yeah. And I had to actually go, you know, and it wasn't because I regretted the past, but I've changed my own history. You know, I've rewritten that. That's great. Because I'm a man of who I am is who I say I am and who I present myself. So, you know, it's, it's a fine line. Even with the painting that I do now, I tap into the past, but I try to bring, you know, the ex it has to be about now and who we are as men. That's right. You know, um, constantly letting go of the ego and, you know, to bring it back full circle about going up into the mountains, you know, the mountains humble you every time you go up. You're, you you constantly have to let go of your ego because the the mountains are just they command respect. Yeah, constantly. If you if you want to be in the presence and move through those mountains, you have to humble yourself. Interesting. And sometimes you have to just turn around and abandon your idea and your plans. You know, so that's interesting because graffiti is definitely not about humility. At least it wasn't for me. No, in any of the rest. No. Of People I don't know. No, you have to hold that presence strong. Yeah. You know? But it's nice to approach it as an adult, a mature adult, who, you know, um, walks a spiritual path in a sense, you know? So. I mean, I tell people all the time I got into graffiti for fighting and stealing. I did not get into graffiti for art. I got to know because the first time I saw somebody say, What do you write? I was like, I just perked up. I was like, but, you know, I didn't yeah. write yet, you know, and then I was like, I want that, I yeah. want that feeling, I yeah. want that, 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 that magnets that don't attract or do. That's sometimes right. they attracted, sometimes they didn't, and yeah. either way, it was, I welcomed it, that feeling, that charge, that, like, energy, and another thing is, I went, we went to 7-Eleven, and one, of, I'm not going to say who, but one of the homies from KSN, like, went into the back of the cooler in 7-Eleven and racked 240s. I'm going to get my 40 and my boys in the back of the cooler. And he's the littlest dude in the bunch. And I was like, that's fucking, I'm not going yeah. in there. Yeah. And I'm kind of a badass. And this little kid's like, just, all right, dude, see you later. And I was like, I want to, this is my lifestyle. This is my tribe. That's around right. folks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, when, when I talk about the past and going, you know, into recovery, I say that I recovered from not only drinking and partying, but I recovered from violence. I mean, that, that was probably even bigger. So, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean that's we have so many similarities. I just didn't realize that. But, yeah, I mean I guess you do because we're all from this thing, right? But you know I used to tell people too, like I was addicted to violence. Like I would get in a fight with my girlfriend, and I'd be like, I'll be back in an hour, and I'd go find a person or a somewhere to let that mm -hmm. fucking out. Yeah. One time it was so bad, Jamie. I jumped out of the bus stop. I was like, What's up? Y'all want some? And they looked at me like I was out of my mind, and I was. But I literally drove to the bottom of the hill from my house, jumped out on some fools at the bus stop. Luckily, they didn't jump me because they could have. Yeah. But I was addicted to violence as well. It was a big part of, of the transition. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was the turning point. Back to the beginning of the question. Yeah. Was just reaching that point where it's just enough's enough. So, the environment, you know, so it's like you go beautify these neighborhoods. I don't know how, what the question's going to look like, but the concept is do you think that there's a subliminal message there when you paint these pretty murals and these bright colors in the hood that's trying to bring that nature feel of like 
you know, that, you know what I mean? That, that, to bringing nature to the hood. Like, not nature, but a, a, an element of, of, of that, that, that optic. Of course. So, I mean, I feel as though most painting, not all, but most painting, um, has a historical uh, representation of the past in the sense of it came from a religious base in a sense right um so i kind of look at beautifying a neighborhood that's maybe like you know all fucked up and ghettoized and there's just this mural that it's just purely expressing color in the middle of yeah and to me it represents in a sense in an in a, like in an analogy type of you know in a, a way it's like a stained glass window in a church yeah it's 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 not just reflecting color but like a stained glass window light is coming through so i mean it's kind of on the same lines of what you're saying yeah um yeah so if you had one of you you know that is like that that one piece I mean, it's hard to say. In the past, we did a lot of pieces that, you know, um, I see pictures of, but the memories of doing them are kind of hazy because we were, you know, probably having a good time and pretty drunk. Um, I'd say more now in the present. I'm pretty aware of what I do. I don't get too attached to paintings. I think it's more just sort of about the experience and then giving it away. So, um, I don't know if there's a particular piece. Maybe the last painting I did. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> you know, like uh, last week, finished a painting. So uh, it's alive and present right now. If you, ha has any, you know, is there any artist, living or dead, that you feel has influenced you? And I don't mean just like the homies that you kicked it with, because that's obvious, right? Like, yeah, you get a little flair or some fill or, a, you know, whatever from people that you're close to. That's but is there one artist that you think, whether it's their philosophy or how they live their life? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm learning a lot right now because I'm doing more painting in, in a studio environment, and so constantly being stimulated by a lot of different um, things aside from the past and what we used to do. I mean, definitely, I'd say on top of the list is risk. Nice. Him and I, uh, you know, we were best of friends in, in the graffiti days. And I mean, we still are. And uh, he's always helped me. You know, I mean, a lot of what he did influenced what I was doing. And I would never deny that for one minute. Um, everything from just his approach to, you know, his determination and focus. Um, and then in the present, um, I'd say someone that I really, really look up to and respect is a uh, German painter, Andre Bootser. Uh, really good friend of mine and has just, I mean, influenced me in every, every way. Um, really moved by how he expresses himself through color and and i mean not even technique but just yeah what comes through 
in his paintings. So I've been fortunate enough to be able to be in, in the space with him and do a couple shows. And um, so yeah, those two guys. So I have, you know, like that down style thing on you doing the concrete poles. And I was just like, oh, out of my head because it's like GK, right? But I've never really gotten any compliments from him or actually he's laughing at me all the time when I'm Googling and shit, right? But when I first started figuring out how to keep my position at, the, at my seat at the table, okay, I always like I would get pissed off when I'd see companies taking bus benches, and then all of a sudden they're taking a wall and they're taking the name on the top of the building, and I can't help but see the relationship between how they market these brands and how we market it ourselves. And it, do you do you think there's an association with how corporate America? does their outdoor marketing and, and graffiti? And if so, did we bite them or did they bite us? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, advertising is, there's rules to the game, psychological rules, you know, and we definitely played them. You know, the more up you are or, you know, the place that holds the pinnacle, you know, whether it's advertising or graffiti, you know, is king yeah. so and then there's the also the repetitiveness of uh of doing graffiti and advertising so i think they're i mean they go hand in hand you know um yeah completely yeah i mean i don't know if that answers it completely. it did it did it did um definitely definitely yeah I mean, I don't know who the message, I don't think they were thinking long term. Yeah, right. I think it was just, you know, maybe the next uh, traveler that comes upon it, you know, leaving a message that meant maybe it was something uh, about instruction. But yeah, definitely. A little more than hello my name is or i was here you know i mean it was educational and instructional and and expressed you know i think they were expressing themselves so produced by awareness ties the venice vision featured jamie vision burdas interviewed by eddie donaldson Podcast intro track by Davies Beck. Episode soundtrack by Soul Rising. Thank you for listening to Aware Now. To read our magazine, watch our broadcast, or join our community, be sure to visit our website, awarenessties.us.